classe gibberish. Hello there, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Classic Gibberish, the radio show in which we play the absolute bangers of the history of classical music. The bangers we all know and love. And today, we are back with our female composers, after failing to do so last week, um, you know, to, to my intense shame and regret and um, shame, yeah. But today we're back. I have not forgotten. So we do have a female composer. And uh, her name is Louise Ferenc. I I don't know how to say this name. Uh, Farron, maybe, if it's French. And we have her piece, which is called Trio for Flute, Cello and Piano. Opus 45, uh, and this was composed in 1856, how cool is that? I'm going to go straight ahead and start playing this. Any moment now. Any, any, mo- there we go. And here we go. It's been a, it's been a good week for me. I moved on Monday. And I now live alone, which is something I've wanted to do since 2020. Um, but, you know, two, the, two years later, I have finally accomplished it, which is very good. But anyway, I, lived, I love the sound of this. It's very unconventional. I'm used to either very piano-heavy or very violin-heavy or very orchestral uh, pieces. But this is more... I like the flute. brings a certain um, je ne sais quoi to it. It's quite good. But yeah, I've moved. My The neighborhood I'm in now isn't the nicest, uh, but it's pretty nice. I'm getting, I'm getting to terms with it, and it's... Uh, Starting to appreciate it. Other than that, I got my... Didn't get all my grades back from this semester. But I got my degree classification. So... uh, I'm not graduating because I'm staying another year for an integrated master's. But I got the grade I'd have if I was graduating, if that makes sense. Uh, And I got the first... Woo! Which is really nice. I'm very happy with it. And um, yeah, it's it's just very rewarding to to know that I got a first. I still don't know in terms of grades of exams and um, of my dissertation and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know which grades I got, but um, but yeah, it's it's um, very rewarding. And, yeah, just looking back, I I came to university not really having any sort of um, goals for my my, uh, bachelor's. Um, But then as I grasped the way university university worked in the UK, I I realized that obviously, you know, the, the, the best scenario is to leave university with the first... 
and yeah, it just feels really good to have accomplished that and to have achieved the best possible grade I could have. Obviously next year um, I have my integrated masters and another dissertation to write. Um, and yeah, so that that's another challenge and I hope to keep my first next year. Um, but it's going to be a lot of work, so it's it's not done at all. But it's um, it's a step towards being done, and it's very re rewarding to think that the work I put in throughout these the last two years was really worth it, and that I had the equivalent of a first. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. I still want to see how much I had, um, how much my dissertation was graded, because obviously it's the most extensive piece of work I've, I've done so far, and it's representative of what I'm going to do next year, and what I'm going to be doing if I go into research. So I really want to know how much I got in my dissertation. To see as well, you know, things I need to improve and that sort of thing. Um, but so far, I'm pretty happy with my first. So yeah, that's what's been happening this week. I've uh, worked as well. That's why today's episode started slightly later, slightly late. I mean, because um, I was working. And yeah, um, today I had. One thing in mind I want to talk about, and this is in relation to, um, where did I hear about, oh yeah, so there is this YouTuber who is a retired lecturer from uh, um, um, an English university. And he does mostly sort of health-focused videos and public public health-focused videos mostly. And throughout the pandemic, he did a lot of videos on COVID. Um, some of them are I agree with, some of them not so much. But he released a video yesterday, I think, or the day before, about uh, world hunger. And... You know, that got me thinking because so that the, the war in Ukraine is having like a, a very deleterious effect towards um, the world's food, really, because they Russia and Ukraine produce a lot of cereals, a lot of wheat. Um, I think that's mostly what they produce. And obviously wheat is, is majorly important, um, you know, either directly to produce food or from from what I know to also feed um, farm animals and so on. And so the fact that there is a, a, a war in Ukraine and there's a, a massive crisis there is really affecting the, um, the the food that's that is available to the world and so on. And it got me thinking because obviously this is a terrible thing and you know, we don't know one of the issues with you know climate change as well 
and with overpopulation and so on is that we, do, we don't know what the limits of the planet are. So we could have, you know, natural resources for a thousand more years or it could all end tomorrow and we have no idea. Oh, this is nice. It's a nice act. No, not act. For movement. Movement. I think it's movement, yeah. Um, it's very different, but I really like the... Um, I really like the flute. Brings a certain... You know, obviously, the, the sounds and, and the melody is quite different compared to what I'm used to. Um, but, you know, through exploring these uh, female composers and, you know, I'm, I'm sort of... The, the way I, I look up the, the, the composer, female composers that I'm going to play, that sort of spans the entire history of classical music. Um, and we had someone from the uh, Hildegard, from the, um, eight, the, the, the 1100s, and obviously, obviously the melodies and the sounds were starkingly different, different, and I really enjoyed that. And so through this exploration of the female composers and the range of, of you know, um, sort of ages, ages, the range of, of centuries they were they they lived in, um, and they composed in. I, I'm sort of experiencing different styles of, of composing and different kinds of classical music and I really like it. This is a much more... So I don't think it's as simplistic as it can get because I think, you know, just a, a single piano or a single violin is as simple as it can get. Um, and for example... Um, one of my um, favorite composers of all time, Lily Boulanger, um, her piece Le Sirene, which I actually played maybe a couple of months ago, maybe not so much, um, <coughs> has basically um, um, a foreground of violin and voices. Um, but the voices are very subtle and that's, that's very simplistic as well because it's got very few elements. Um, and while that's very simplistic and a piano alone is very simplistic as well, this is less simplistic but still feels like it. Like we haven't got an orchestra, but it's, there's, there's still a lot of, you know, quite a few levels to the music. You know, obviously throughout most of it you can listen, you can mainly hear the flute. Um, but then you've got the piano leading the melody, and then the the, the, the cello is is pretty much undetectable, but it's still there. It's like the bass in in sort of popular music, um, if we may call it that, where no one really, you know, most of the time you don't really hear it. You can't really. Um, sense that it's there but if you cut out the bass then the music loses a lot and I think it's the same thing for this cello now obviously now it's a bit more detectable um, it's it's um, quite nice I like it it's very different from what I've uh, what I'm used to
But anyway, I was talking about natural resources. So, with everything that's happened, so we've obviously got, you know, from South Korea, I think from some countries in, um, like Iran or Iraq, I think they have um, a nuclear arsenal. Um, there is a lot of potential uh, of of China, I think, for example, of a fair, fair few countries to um, sort of release their nuclear weapons to the world and cause, you know, um, really catastrophes in many different countries if they do so. And then there's climate change, obviously, and all the things that are related to the melting of the ice caps and so on. That's a massive problem as well. We've got the overpopulation, which we don't know when is it go- when it's going to be too much. We don't know that. It could be today, it could be in a thousand years. We don't know. Um, we've got the problem of um, you know threats like China and like like Russia, which um, you know out of nowhere could could start a um, a world war. Um, you know, there's even um, um, meteors and stuff. Um, so there, there's so much that could go wrong, and it looks like throughout human history there were always some threats present. But it sounds like in the present ages they've come together, and there's a thousand and one things to worry about. And sometimes I think um, this might be troublesome to some, troublesome to some. But this is a very different movement. I like it. The previous one was more um, peaceful. This one has a... I don't know. I imagine like um, in a, a, the, the Middle Ages, a, um, a court, a royal court. And I don't know what the name is, but there was a, a, a person there who would do silly things to please... The, the, the coit, the noble people. Um, and I imagine this would be the, the soundtrack playing if we had a, a scene of a film, um, you know, portraying su- such a scene. Um, anyway, sometimes I think whether I shouldn't just die and sort of avoid having to worry about all, the, all these things. Um, I'm not... I'm not suicidal, I'm not depressed or anything like that, but sometimes it's just, I just think the world the world is so fucked you know it would probably be less painful to just not live through it you know, it's never gonna happen you know, I there's too much to take pleasure from in the world still um, you know, and this is all you know, sort of attached to the, the energy crisis that's going on, the inflation that's going on in, in Britain and, and, you know, quite a few places around um, around the world. And it's, it's just so much. There's so much that could go wrong. And I could end up, you know, homeless or something. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think, fuck, <laughs> the, world's a, the world's an awful place. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so yeah, it's not brilliant. Not brilliant at all. Um, in other news, uh, as you might have heard, you have certainly heard of it if you live in the UK. If you don't, you might have. Um, this weekend and in the last couple of days, it's been the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Um, which apparently is the celebration because she's been in um, the Queen for, pardon me, for 70 years. And it's raised in me my anti-monarchy feelings and how stupid it is that in the 21st century, you know, a, a, a still a, a major country in the world, which is part of the G7 as well, um, still has a monarch. That, that's something I don't understand at all. Ah. This went very quiet suddenly. Why is that? Mm. There you go. That should fix it. Why is it so quiet? Mm. Oh. I think it's back to normal. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I have... Because of how it's pretty much everywhere, the, the Platinum Jubilee, I've been reminded of, of, of the existence of, of the royal family. Um, and it sort of stirred inside me the uh, anti-monarchy feelings because it's just so silly it's just so silly that just because of the family you were born to into you know you're gonna be rich well that's that's the truth of the world to be fair but you get to lead a country you know most of the, the situations are, you know, just symbolically leading the country. But still, you're the, the head of the state of a whole fucking country just because you were born into a specific family. It's just, it's just a joke. Um, and I actually saw in the news that there was an interesting third movement, to be fair. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes on, on this fourth movement, to be honest. Um, one of the things that I saw that I was really glad about was that here in Dundee, someone put up a, um, a billboard, I think that's what they call it, uh, a massive poster saying that um, it was time to end monarchy. I think it said, make Elizabeth the last one. Um, and yeah, I'm all for it. There is no sense in, in having a monarch in this day. You know, there, there are a fair few countries um, around the world which still have them. So Spain is one of them, uh, the Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, I think? But yeah, there is there is a fair few countries around the world which still have um, kings and kings and queens, um, and I think it's just obsolete. You know, there is no point nowadays. Um, 
And I think it's just one of those instances in which traditions continue just for the sake of being traditions. I'm all for continuing with traditional things. Um, so, for example, you can... It suddenly goes very quiet. This is... I don't understand. It's traditional to, you know, not touch fire. For example, I don't think it's wise to just stop the tradition because it's useful. But in things like the monarchy, where the tradition is clearly not useful, then I think it's just better to end it. And that's my that's my opinion of of the queen and the royal family and monarchies in general. Um, you know, I've I've had some being from a um, a very remote island with with not many people. Um, I obviously in those places is where generally tradition is mostly felt and most most respected. And so I grew up in in a in a reality in which um, tradition was followed to a T, and for no reason whatsoever. Um, and it, it kind of bothered me because I wanted to do things. I don't like following rules that don't make sense. Um, and I got very not very, but there was some. Instances, instances in which I was, um, there were deleterious consequences for me for my actions just because um, of of nonsense traditions. So yeah, um, and I just think having a, a royal family sort of is boring politically because. Yeah, they're boring. They're bo what do they do? They walk about and smile to people, take selfies, shake people's hands, and open museums and shit. That's it. Is that interesting? Now, if you've got politicians, they need to campaign and debate and so on. That's much more interesting, much more fun. Um, and I think there's... A lot more to be taken by the population from, you know, politicians um, sort of running for a position like president, rather than a queen being in in power, seventy fucking years. You know, people were worried when Putin changed the law in Russia so that he could stay in power for, I don't know, until he dies or something. But that's what we have in the in the UK, and people still don't say anything about that. So there's just just a lot of issues and things which I really really opposed to. Um, so yeah, fuck the Queen. <laughs> uh, that's the sort of thing um, I enjoy doing. Just saying fuck the Queen. Um, which would be seen as unacceptable in, um, you know, several public places. Anyway, that is everything I had for today. And uh, having done that, this was, this was thoroughly enjoyable. 
I I really had um really had fun with this. It's a uh, a very different very different piece to what I'm used to. And the presence of the flute really makes it interesting. The the fourth movement didn't quite deliver um to the level I was expecting. It's a bit underwhelming. Um but you know that's uh, that's a different way of of composing, and and I'm all for it. I'm all all for trying new things and and changing the um, the tradition, changing um, the conventional, changing what's expected. Anyway, as I said, that's all for me for today. And as normal as usual, I will be back again next week with more classic gibberish, very quality classical music. I do hope you think so as well. And until then, I hope you have a great week, and I will try having a great week as well. Bye-bye! Classy gibberish.